0: Cause then it just makes our lives easier. I don't have to do everything. I can't do everything, right? Right. I only right. want to do a few things with my life. Everything else, I outsource.
1: Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. On the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast, I feature entrepreneurs while I discuss ways you can grow your business today. Step onto the Veranda, get a cup of tea, get comfortable, get comfortable, And let's talk shop. Let's do this. Welcome to the Veranda Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Christine Mills. I'm so excited to have Shondell Varsiana on the show. Uh, Shondell Varsiana is the CEO and founder of Varsity Media, a content writing services company that helps financial institutions save time by writing content that speaks to their target customer base. Uh, Her clients include Dave Ramsey, Redbook, Bank of Montreal, and more. Welcome to the show, Shondell.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So, tell us a little bit about you as a person, as a child, as you're growing up, and your career background. Um so as a child, you're bringing me way back. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was
0: I was always curious as a child. Um, just I was very curious, but um, I wouldn't say shy, but quiet. And then okay. I um, quiet in terms of like, when I was around adults, I grew up in a Caribbean background, so we were always taught, like, you know, you don't talk up around adults and things like that. Like, you kind mm-hmm. of just stay in your place. So, um, you know, that, that's just pretty much how I grew up. And then um, I, I got into banking really early, like, at around 18. Okay. But I started I started working when I was 12, just delivering newspapers and stuff. And then I got some telemarketing jobs. But my career actually started when I was 18. Um I started working at a at a huge bank in Canada. I'm originally from Canada, from Toronto, Canada. Okay, and, um, I love Toronto.
1: Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. I was yeah. Born which, in which Caribbean there. island are you from?
0: My, I I was born in Canada, but my mom's from Jamaica.
1: What Jamaica? Yeah. Up, yeah. <laughs> and my Brilliant husband as well. I didn't know. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. My husband,
0: my husband's Jamaican too. So okay, um,
1: nice.
0: Well, we live here in Atlanta now. Um, so, yeah, so I um, I started my career in banking and then just worked my way up in there. And then I left there and I started working for uh, the federal government. They own a company called Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. It's the same okay. thing as PMI here in the States. It's the exact same thing.
1: But in Canada, okay. it's
0: just owned by the federal government. So um, while I was there, um, I paid off a couple mortgages that I had and uh, just the the property that I was living in, and I had a rental property, so I paid both of those mortgages off. And um, my girlfriend suggested that I start blogging to help people do the same thing. And I thought, you know, that's a great idea. And um, so I just taught myself how to blog. And then over time, my blog started to get popular, and I started to – attract some attention from Red Book Magazine. They wanted to hear my story, and radio stations started contacting me wanting to hear my story. And then that led to me working with um, a lady by the name of Gail Vaz Oxlade. She's the Susie Orman, but of Canada, at the time when I started working, yeah, she's huge in Canada, but the the time I started working with her, she had three television shows on TV and her own um, radio show. So I started doing quite a bit of work with her, and then companies started to contact me asking me to start writing for them. So that's really how my business started. Um, I started writing for different companies, and I still had my full-time job at this time. Um, So... I was just getting really, really busy, and my husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, but my husband now suggested that I start hiring uh, writers just to help me because I just couldn't manage all the work that was coming in, and that's really how the business was born. Um, it really just started from me blogging just to help people out, and then companies started asking to write for them, and then I figured, I don't really consider myself to be a, a great writer, to be quite honest. Better at the uh, communicating with like the meeting with the clients and the podcast. I I do a lot of podcasts as well. That's more of my um, my speed. And then I just hire writers, in my opinion, who are way better than me and editors. And now we've got a team of writers and editors that we um, uh, that we have that serve our clients.
1: Wow! I mean, first of all, congrats to you. Like that was. You just oh, so okay. casually said I had a couple of rental properties that I just paid off. Like that was like, I'm like, wait a minute. Did she just say she just paid off a couple of mortgages? Like, yeah. Well, how did you do that? Like, um. Okay. okay. Well,
0: I, so my my background is banking. So I started working in banking um when I was 18, and I just saw a lot of stuff. So, um. It, one of my, one of my jobs in banking was I was a lender. So similar to like a mortgage loan originator here, they just don't right. call them that in Canada, but it's the same thing. And um, so I did that for several years. So I, I really got a, a first hand look at uh, people who, so I was, I was pretty much lending people money to buy houses. So I right. got a first hand look at, um, you know, how to get, how to buy, how to purchase a property and how people pay them off fast. So it was easy once I got it to just pay it off quickly. There's really no secrets. I just put, uh, so a lot of banks will allow you to make lump sum payments on your mortgage. And I did that all the time. Like as soon as I got my bonuses, it all went to the mortgage. And when you make lump sum payments, none of it goes to interest. It all goes to your principal. So I did that like several times a year and I increased my mortgage payments every single year and to pay off both of the mortgages. And that was really just from doing that like consistently like I just sacrificed a lot I wasn't doing you know a lot of partying I wasn't buying myself a lot of clothes I just wanted to get rid of those mortgages so that's really how it happened over a period of time and then I made my payments bi because that puts on an additional couple payments on your your mortgage for the right. annually so it hits the principal more so I was just doing that um over time and then eventually I got rid of it and um, yeah, and then my girlfriend suggested that I start doing that to help other people, and that's that's really how it, it all started. But and I also bought property really young. I was 20 when I bought my first property, and then like 25 or 24 when I bought my. Uh,
1: so I know you kind described. Out. I know you described yourself as being very quiet when you were younger, but it sounds like you were very mature as well, because you know, to have. I- Buying a property from, you know, a young age and thinking along those lines of, like, financial freedom and, you know, entrepreneurship and, you know, that's very impressive at such a young age um, that you were making those moves. Yeah.
0: Thank you. So, I was quiet in terms of not, not talking up to adults, but around friends, okay. I was very talkative. But it's because I was okay. raised, well, you're Jamaican, so you kind of know, like, yeah. you don't really ask human. many. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but I, the funny thing is, and the reason why I bring that up is because I always had questions, but I was always brought up, you know, you just don't get into adult conversations. So there were always, so I read a lot. So that turned, I then I, turned to books and I started reading a lot. About people who are successful and what they did, and then that helped me to learn a lot. And then just working in the bank, you just you learn you learn so much. And you meet so many people. You you meet people who manage their money well. You meet people who mismanage their money. So it was a great uh, it was a great education just working in the bank and meeting all these different people. Because you, then you can I got a firsthand look on what worked and what didn't work, um, and that really helped along the path and still helps me today. I mean, you know, those types of lessons are life lessons.
1: Right. And so, uh, walk me through the process when, you know, you're just living life, you're working your job, and you're quietly building your wealth, right? And then you are then you start your blog, and then mm-hmm. the Susie Orman of Canada reaches out to you. What was that experience like for you?
0: Uh, so, I was a part of the personal finance community. Once I started, cause I was writing about personal finance mortgages, and I was writing on both sides of the fence. So, I was writing about um what it took to get a mortgage because i had worked as a lender and then I I started, and then I also wrote on the flip side on what you do once you get it, how you buy rental properties, how you pay off your your primary mortgage on your house and all of that stuff. So I was writing on both sides of the fence and so different kinds of people were reaching out, people who were interested in paying off their mortgages and then um, the flip side companies were reaching out because they were fascinated with the information. So That um, just opened up a lot of doors because I was in that community. And then once I started working with Gail, um, it was great. It was really great. Um, And her platform just really opened it up a lot for me because she – I mean, like I said, at that time, she had had three television shows. So she was, like – she was at the top of her game at that time when I met her. So I think it was just God. It was just the time. Because now she's not even doing any of that anymore. She's more into politics. Like, I still keep in touch with her. Like, she's not – doing much in the personal finance. She's written probably like 20 books. And at that time when I had met her, she was like on her 11th book or something like that. She's huge. But no no longer doing personal finance. more into politics now. So um, it was just the timing. I I really think it just kind of put me in her path at that time because she brought me on her radio show. Like, it was just a great um, time when I met her because that's when... Company started contacting me, and we got our. We got, I, and I remember getting like a large client like shortly after I started doing work with her. And that one client was paying me more than my full-time job.
1: Wow! Wow! Yeah,
0: it was. It was. It started to grow pretty quickly, and then, and then at that point, I knew I didn't need the job anymore. Um, the main reason why I wanted to pay off my mortgage on the my primary house was because I just wanted that. Um, I wanted that freedom. I wanted to just not have to. I didn't want to have to stay at my job. I wanted to be there because I wanted to be there versus, right. you know, sometimes when you're working for a company and you've got like a car loan, you've got credit cards, you've got, you know, a mortgage, you kind of feel like you can't leave because if you leave, how are you going to pay your bills? But when you have yeah. no debt, then you don't really need the job. If you keep your expenses low, even if you get a job at McDonald's, you can pay your bills, right? Once you right, get rid right. of your mortgage, which is the highest payment, it, the, the liberation that comes with that is, is unbelievable you look at you look at life differently the perspective of how you, your your lens is different because you no longer need it you want it right So it changes it changes your perspective
1: yeah and and so then and that, you, was you, that is huge that is huge um and and then you started varsity media so like you got your first client um, what yeah. was that like when you got your first client? You you were able to make that choice. Like, I could stay at my job, but this client actually paid me more than my salary. Did you um, leave your job then, <laughs> or did you just um, continue doing both and then you just gradually um, staged out of your job?
0: I didn't leave right when we got that client because I, I'm I. This is this is my very first business. So I I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs or anything like that. So it was still kind of scary because um, I I was never – my goal was never to become a business owner. I just thought I would just stay there and retire uh, or, you know, work for a company and retire. It wasn't until I met my husband and he started getting me into the whole entrepreneur stuff like that. So that's when I started getting the confidence to kind of branch out. Um, So a a few things were happening at the time when – Um, we got that large client, and then we got a few other clients as well, not as big as that one, but we started getting other clients. Um, So we were also um, trying to move to Atlanta at the same time while all of this was happening. So my my goal was to eventually leave the job, even if I didn't start my business, uh, because I've always wanted to live here. Um, But the business just kind of was the ticket to move here, because once it started doing well, then we just moved it here. Um, So that's really how that, that's really how that happened. Uh, So I was planning to, uh, once the business started to, you know, go, go well, I was planning to quit. Um, And then once we got our papers to move here to the U S then it was just an easier decision to kind of just, um, you know, leave at that point. And then, you know, we were making enough money to, to support ourselves. So it it just kind of made sense to move. And then we got pregnant at that exact moment too. Oh wow. uh, I moved here pregnant. Yeah. There was a lot a lot going on. I, I, would have, I would have definitely quit that job eventually. Um, it was just timing because really we didn't want to have a child here because in Canada, because um, I was working for the government. So and, and in Canada, you get one full year with pay on that leave. So, and I was oh, wow. working for the government. So they pay you one full year of your pay. Once you have the baby, you're off for one year full pay. So we, oh really we were trying to get pregnant in Canada and then, you know, still get the full pay and then transition here. But we couldn't get pregnant. It wasn't, let me tell you, it wasn't, it wasn't until we went for an interview at the U.S. consulate to find out if we could, you know, legally move to the U.S. On our drive home is when we stopped to get a pregnancy test and found out we were
1: pregnant. Wow. Yeah.
0: So we found out we were going to move to Atlanta and that we were pregnant, like, within, like, two hours.
1: So oh, my that gosh. Point,
0: yeah, it's amazing how it happened. So the decision was kind of made for us because because we had found out we were pregnant and we already had our papers to move here, we couldn't have my daughter's six now we couldn't have her in Canada because then she wouldn't be legal in the U S like we would have to file all the paperwork again to make her legal to move here. So my lawyer just suggested, you know, just move to the U S while you're pregnant and then have the baby in the U S and then she'll have dual citizenship
1: versus having her in
0: Canada and then having to file all the paperwork after she's born. Then we've got to get, you know, social, we've got to get all the, you know, it's it's all the stuff you got to get when a child's born. So it just made sense to have her here, but that wasn't the plan. Um, Right. So I would have I would have left the my, my course. It's just the right, right. make the right timing to, to move.
1: Well, I know that um one of the challenges a lot of entrepreneurs have is when they make their first hire. And you were saying that now you have a team of writers writing for you who you mm-hmm. you hire people who are even better than you, which it says a lot about you as a person because you're not friends, right? So
0: Oh no, not at all. That... I don't even think I'm a great writer. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I'm wow. Like, it's way better. Yeah, because we've got people on our team that actually studied it. Like, I, my degrees in marketing. I've got people on the team. They've got, like, one of our editors has a PhD. Like, I'm not even close. Wow. I don't even have a master's. I just have a bachelor's. And another has a journalist degree. Like, wh- what am I trying to do? No. Like, yeah. <laughs> like just,
1: I'd rather yeah, just hire yeah.
0: people who are just better. Then, the, you know, we all win together, right? We all grow.
1: yeah. So how was that how was that for you like when you you're like you had a transition from this is the varsity uh media business by me by you you know you're the founder and you're doing everything so now i have to hire people and now i have to manage people what was that process and that transition like for you
0: The hiring people wasn't really hard because i had read the 4 hour work be- i read the 4 hour work week on our honeymoon and we got married 2012. So um I knew right away that I had to hire people. From the from the beginning I knew I had to hire people or else I wouldn't grow. So and I liked the idea of not doing everything. I've never wanted to be a super person ever. Like I don't even mm-hmm. want to be a super mom. Like I'm I'm really big on it takes a team to make any dream work. Personal business. Like I'm all about um hiring people and creating jobs and because then it just makes our lives easier. I don't have to do everything. I can't do everything, right? Right. I only right. want to do a few things with my life. Everything else I outsource. Well, I'll pay someone mm. to do it. I'm very. I that's readable right there. I do, and I do, and I outsource everything else that I don't want to do. Um, it's just because happiness is more important to me than like I, I, you know, you don't have to be busy. It's not about doing everything. It's about being happy and efficient, um, and productive. That that's more important to me than just kind of. Trying to do everything, um, and and that that's a mindset shift is really what it is. Um, and early on, I had that mindset. The, the biggest challenge for me when starting a business, was understanding that I was longer an employee. That was more of the difficult. The hiring wasn't difficult. It was just okay. My husband would say things like, "You know, you have to have meetings with your staff because I'm not used to that. Like usually, somebody would call me or sends me an invite, and then I just join right. the meeting, right? Because I come from being an employee for my you know exactly. my whole life." So transitioning, I had to say, okay, we got to have meetings. i got to – so it was just more the mindset of shifting from employee to employer. That was more – because I'm thinking, you know, we're all friends. But my husband's like, no, we're not friends. Like, you have to lead.
1: <laughs> so that was Right. story. Right, right. <laughs> <That's>, that <laughs> don't that... care of Noah's done and just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go for lunch. Because that's yeah. just what I'm used
0: to. So that was more of the difficult part for me. Um, Not the hiring, because I'm a sociable person, but that was more transitioning from, and I'm not one of those dictators, like, I I really am just, you know, we're a team, I'm never the type of person who's like, you know, I'm the boss. this, this, no, I'm I'm not like that at all, Um, and I try not to have many meetings, because I hate meetings, I just think a lot of times meetings could be an email, like, I used to go to so many corporate meetings in my career, and most of them I would go to, they could have just sent me an email, like we don't need to come together and meet for an hour or two hours. Like this could have all been summed up in bullet points in an email.
1: So I <laughs> now,
0: now that uh, now that I have the opportunity, I don't. It's very rare we have we don't have meetings every single day. No, because like I said, a lot of things could be. And people are busy. People have things to do. So I'm not going to round the team up for a meeting just to waste time. Right. You know, big meetings usually we, we, we're, we're always talking throughout the day. Um, so oftentimes there's not a need for like a scheduled meeting, but that's just my management style. It's not for everybody. Um, but I, I remember clearly I hated meetings in the corporate world. And so I just, you know, I'm not going to put the team through that type of torture of daily meetings.
1: Right, right. So tell me, so your first 100 days, I'm going to act like you're a president of the United States. I so they always talk about the first 100 days. What was the first hundred days like for you as a full time varsity media like what was most important to you during that time and what what was the groundwork that you laid to make sure it'll be a successful company
0: um first hundred days um i was I would say I was focused on getting business, I was focused on getting business, and I was focused on um serving the clients the best I can. Uh, Because I didn't want to lose them. Because it's it's always harder to get new clients than it is to you know kind of upsell your current clients. So that was those that was the main goal at the beginning was to um, uh, get more business coming in and make sure that the clients are taken care of as well as the staff. As as everything was, um, I started creating systems pretty early on. And then I just kept perfecting them over over time because I was always trying to eliminate myself from the business um, in terms of doing the day to day tasks. That takes time to do, um, but that was always something that was I, I was trying to do at the beginning, um, like create a way where um, I could eliminate myself from the business and then have the staff run it, kind of like how McDonald's works. Like you never see, you know, the franchise owner of McDonald's. Right? There's, there's, McDonald's is so well well systemized that high school students can run the entire operation. So right. that's how I kind of look at my business where I want it to be, I don't want to be in the day-to-day because th- then you can't grow. Right. So I, I started that early on too. So I would say um, focusing on getting clients, um, I focused on systems right away and maintaining the clients and the staff, making sure the staff was, was good and hiring well.
1: So for service business, how did you go about, Getting, I mean, because you were—is this when you were in Atlanta, or when you were in uh, Canada? When we, you
0: so we start—we just started it like a year before we moved here, um, okay. and then we moved here 2014, the end of 2014.
1: Okay, so what was what did that look like for people who are listening and they're like, I want to start a service-based business, and um, I don't know where to start. They're spending a lot of their time working on the website, spending a lot of time on Instagram. What do you think they need to be doing right now to just get their first ten clients?
0: just get, go and get clients. You don't need all of that. You don't need the website and all of that stuff. Like I, the, without clients, you have no business. So that's the first thing that I would say, focus on. Um, like if you have, uh, cause I was writing, I was writing before we even started varsity media. Cause I had a blog. Um, and that was just, I mean, you you, I would, it depends on what your, your business is. Like, obviously if it's, if it's a writing business or a blog or something that you should have some type of online presence, um, but the first thing you, want, you definitely want to focus on is getting clients um, because without that, then there's no money coming in. So that's what I would focus on is um, whatever your product is, whatever your service is, try to um, find people who are interested in what it is you're, you have to offer and see if they will pay for that. Um, and then once you get you know, one or two clients, then immediately you start using those clients as testimonials um, to get more clients and then you just keep on growing from there.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I, and I think that's a clear-cut advice because I think the day in social media, I feel like people are spending a lot of time doing things that aren't necessary. And what's mm-hmm. really, really necessary, that's what you need to drive your business. And um, exactly. what you do as, as a service, you help people tell their story, especially financial institutions, their content. Mm-hmm. So um, can you tell us a little bit about why that's important for people to have content uh, for their business and why they'll need to hire someone like you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Without co- con- so the purpose of content is to um answer questions, clear up any misconceptions, solve problems um for your target customer. Um so whatever whoever your target customer is, they have questions or they have um you know, they have problems that they're trying to solve. How are you able to solve those problems? Well we we solve those problems through content. So our clients, for example, are banks, credit unions, and mortgage companies. And, you know, their goal is to educate people on how to get a mortgage, um, how to start an investment, um, you know, open up a bank account, you know, the the products that banks have. Right. So where we come in is, we come in as ghostwriters. We're ghostwriters for all of our clients. So we write content to answer questions that their clients have. So, you know, things like, um, what is their minimum beacon score? Or how do I buy a, an investment property? Or how do I buy a commercial property? Um, so things like that. We'll answer those types of questions that their target audience has through the content that we write for them. And content okay. and content doesn't just come in the form of written word. We focus on the written word, but Netflix provides content through their movies and through their television shows. Content is any content is information. Um, and that can be any type of information. So, th- what we're doing right now is content. You're providing content for your audience through podcasting. Um, so, you know, Clubhouse provides content. So, content comes in many, many different forms. Uh, we just focus on the written word.
1: Mm, perfect. And I like that you narrow it down who your customers are because I- I'm sure it's easier for you to find your clients rather than just say, I'm a content creator for everyone. You know, you really yeah. narrow down your industry.
0: Yeah, we started off doing content for everyone, and then I, then we realized that it was just too much. Um, it there was it was too much of a learning curve. So now it's a lot easier because now we just hire financial writers, and it, it it works out so well because I was a part of a lot of financial groups when I was blogging, um, you know about my the mortgages and stuff like that. Uh, so it it really worked out nicely because now if I have to hire writers, I have I have specific sources I can go to to get financial writers because I was a part of several communities. So it works out really well versus having to look for writers in different industries that I may not even understand. Um, so the, the banks are, are just it's, – it's a good fit for, for me because I know understand it extremely well because I've worked in the industry for so long. And then just hiring, you know, people who uh, – we, like we just hired a writer and she worked for a credit union for 10 years um, oh. prior to becoming a full-time writer, so she was the perfect fit, because a lot of our clients are credit unions, so she just, you know, was a perfect fit for us, so it makes things easier with when you when you niche down, um, it, it makes things easy, easier to serve your clients.
1: Yeah, and, and going back to what you said, that if you, there are a few things in life that you want to do, and the rest you well, outsource it. People or businesses, mm-hmm. you know, to feed content takes a lot of time and effort, and if you could just yeah. outsource them, it makes your life so much easier when you're running your business. Outsource it, Absolutely. let somebody else take care of that. And Because it's important to have that presence, but at the same time, it's important for you to be finding clients. So do what you do best yeah. and outsource the rest. Exactly.
0: And for our clients, it's cheaper for them to outsource because they don't have to pay benefits. Like, you know, banks pay benefits. They don't have to, you know, it's it's more expensive to have an employee than contract it out. So it's it still works out to be cheaper for because uh, we're not we're not on their their payroll, um, they just pay us as contractors, so it's cheaper right. for them as well. And then a lot of times, people especially some some people want a lot of content, so they just don't have the manpower to write all that content. So it works out for for those institutions that are looking for a lot of content and consistent content, because the consistency of um, the content is what really matters. You don't want to just be posting sporadically. You want to post yeah. consistently. Yeah, because that's what's going and to help. The, S- you know, the, absolutely. And the no like, and trust factor um, right. for people to want to do business with you.
1: And um, the last question is, what's next for Varsity Media?
0: Um, uh, I'll probably in the next like, five years. Yeah, I have a few other businesses as well. So I may I may consider selling it in the next five years um, to to move on to something else. But right now I would now, love to I, talk I, to I've... you
1: about that process. Five years from now, I have you back on the <laughs> show just to talk about like you know I love that that you already have the exit strategy of what you want to do with it. That's definitely yeah. a good conversation to have.
0: Yeah, that's why I, I focused early on on eliminating myself from the day to day activities and because it makes it more sellable. Um, to someone else who wants to buy it because there's already a team, there's already systems and things in place. I've spoken to several people who have sold businesses and gotten some great advice on how to structure your business um, from the get-go so that it's easier to sell. Um, so I've taken mm-hmm. those tips and just try to grow the business, um, you know, accordingly so it's attractive to somebody who may want to buy it.
1: Hmm. Well, that's awesome. I'll, I'll stay tuned. That sounds like a good thing. <laughs> <okay. laughs> Well, um, now we have the rapid fire questions, Uh, and these are just questions for people to get to know you um, as a person. Um, So, the first question is: What do you love about Atlanta? The
0: people, the culture. I love it. I've never been anywhere where um, you know, people look like me that own banks. That we wow. don't see that in Canada at all. Like, I mean, meeting people here who own like, you know, four, five McDonald's franchises. Oh my gosh, like that to me is like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I've never I don't know anybody who owns a McDonald's franchise in Canada. No one. And I lived across the street from McDonald's when I was growing up. So, I mean, it's wow. awesome.
1: <laughs> you're like, no, just, I really don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just, I love yeah. it. I love that. It's just, and the people here are just, people are happier here, in my opinion. And I think a part of the reason is is because it's not, cost of living is not through the roof. Like, it's really expensive in Toronto. Toronto's kind of like equivalent to New York
1: in yeah, terms of cost kind of even living. Yeah, it's more expensive. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like, the average house price is over a million dollars in Toronto.
1: Wow, it's crazy. Um,
0: unbelievable, unbelievable. So it makes, um, you know, it, it, life is not as enjoyable because you have to work all the time. So here it's more of a slower paced. It's it's more laid back. Um, and I like that. And that's part of the reason why my husband likes that because it's kind of a mix of Canada and Jamaica, in his opinion. So, yeah. and, you know, it's kind of a happy medium. So he, he loves that because uh, here you have the opportunity to um, – to you know work really hard and have what you want but it's still the overall it's at a slower pace than a new york for example and a toronto which is very fast paced and you'll often get that in more expensive cities it has to be fast paced because you got to work and make money to pay your bills and feed your kids and all that kind of stuff so i love that here that it's slower paced and i just love the culture i love the people people are so open here and willing to help you there's a lot of programs here for entrepreneurs especially minority entrepreneurs there's just so there, there's so much more op there's so much opportunity here in Atlanta for for people that look like me and it just I love I've always wanted to live here it took me 13 years to move here and wow you know, it's, it's I've always wanted to live here and it's it's a dream it's a dream city I, I wake up happy every day because I'm you know living living my dream
1: wow and the homes are beautiful there
0: oh they're wonderful and and affordable yeah beautiful and affordable yeah it's just, yeah I love it here. Absolutely, and I've also um, the, another reason why I like it here is because I wanted to raise my children here um, for many reasons. Like you know, my my daughter's um, her doctor's black, her her dentist is black, um, her teacher is black. Like I didn't mm-hmm. that, I didn't have that when I was growing up. My husband had that too because he grew up in Jamaica. So I think oh, it makes a Jamaica, difference. Yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't move to Canada until he was 18. Yeah, it does something to you mentally, and I didn't realize that until I I started traveling here. I, I thought wow, because in Canada most of the television that we watch is America, is America, is it's American television that we're watching in Canada. So the same, you know, the same stations you have here, we we have in Canada as well. And you know, you always would see people, but they over there because they're in the TV, right? But when you actually, you know, go to school and you go to your doctors, or you know, you go to the bank and it's owned by a black person, it does make your psyche. It makes you believe that you can yeah. have that too. Versus not seeing it, then you really think all oh, the way over there. Maybe I can't obtain that. Like I just think it does something to you mentally that you that you don't even realize. Um, and I wanted my daughter to kind of see that automatically and not even think twice. Right? Because she Mm. knows if I want to be a doctor, I could be a doctor. My, you know, the doctor's mommy's friend. So it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just different. I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up seeing that or necessarily believing that. Um, Mm. And I wanted my children to to grow up seeing that every day.
1: I love it. You're making, you're selling me on Atlanta. I want to go closer. I chose South Florida, which is great. South Florida is great. Yeah, I live in South Florida, um, but you know, I'm not gonna lie. When I watch HGTV and I see a house in Atlanta going for three hundred fifty thousand, it's like four thousand square feet. I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's I know it's it's crazy. It really is compared to where I come from, too. Yeah, I mean, you know what? To me, I think it's important to um to live where you feel um like you belong, and th- this is the only, pl- I've been to so many countries, and this is the only place I've been to where I felt like, yes, this is, this is where I belong, because I, I find that, uh, well, for me anyways, living here just allows me to think better and allows, like, I'm happier, and like when you're happier, then
1: you're more, um,
0: you know, you're freer to think better, to make your life better, you understand what I'm saying, like, it's just
1: yeah, you know, no, the freedom that comes with,
0: um, you know, being happy where you are, you know, physically, your
1: environment—it uh,
0: really makes a difference in in how you move in this world.
1: Yeah, and not having to deal with the winter, like brutal winter of Canada, I'm sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh my <laughs> god. It's depressing. Like, every day, it's, depressing. it's always cold. Always. always
0: yeah, the weather is weather and cost of living are the the two
1: uh, like
0: definitely top top reasons to live to
1: that. Yeah. Okay, so the yeah. next question is tea or coffee, like, in regards to your drink of choice, tea or coffee? Tea. I don't drink coffee. You don't drink coffee. Okay. Um, no, what's definitely your, tea. Okay. What's your favorite entrepreneur book? I know you mentioned the 4-Hour Work Week, but is there any other book, I know you're an avid reader, that you really like and you believe entrepreneurs should read?
0: Um, I would probably, oh, there's so many.
1: Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: there are so many. I'll just stick with the four-hour work week.
1: That's really, yeah, that's really, a good
0: really, book. Really, really good. It's a fabulous book by Tim Ferriss. Um, but yeah, there's so many. It really depends on um the type of business person you want to be. There's so many. I I knew for me, I knew I wanted to hire. By the way, and the four-hour work week is is all about that. Um, it's all about outsourcing and you know hiring people to help you and building your team and creating systems and all that kind of stuff so that's the if that's the route you want to take then that that's definitely an excellent book but there there's so many books
1: yeah but that's definitely a good start it is uh, what's your superpower talking? Talking. Yeah. I so that's talking. a
0: big part to have. <laughs> yeah, I love talking. I could I could make friends with anybody. I I love getting to know people. I love hearing their stories. I'm I'm fascinated with people. I really am. I just I I love I love talking to people, and just meeting people from different walks of life. It's it's great. Cool. I, I, there's just so many great things about people.
1: I could tell. I could tell. I mean, that's awesome. That makes having a conversation a lot easier with you as well. Um, oh, thank best, you. <laughs> what's the best vacation you've been on so far?
0: Ah, best vacation. Um, uh, the Mediterranean. I went on a Mediterranean cruise for my honeymoon.
1: Oh, that was that probably, really nice. That's, ah,
0: it's between that and... Um, I will stick with that because Spain is really nice. Thing. Yeah, we, we, I really like Spain. Yeah, well, I'll stick with I'll stick with the Mediterranean cruise. That was that definitely that was top top five vacations.
1: <laughs> that yeah, really that sounds cool. amazing. Yeah, and what really advice? Nice. That sounds really cool. So you went to Spain and what other countries?
0: It was Spain, Italy, and France.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. And what what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are starting a business? I would say.
0: Um, do something every day that's going to get you closer to your goal, whether your goal mm. as it relates to business, whether that goal is to make enough money so you can leave, uh, whether it's to get your first client, whatever it is, do something every single day to get you closer to that is, mm. is my advice. And and I I, will, I also say don't leave your full-time job until you're making the same amount of money or more in your business. Mm. So true. Yeah, don't quit. Don't quit too soon.
1: Yeah. And the mm-hmm. last question is just for how can others get to know more about your company um, and how can it be more social with you on social media?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm all over. My my handle is the same everywhere. Shondell Varciana, and um my website is Varsimedia.com, Half of my last name, V-A-R-C-I media.com. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter really. I uh, just started getting a little more presence on Instagram. That's just because I'm a part of this real estate clubhouse group, and they're like, you need to get on Instagram. So um, so that's maybe <laughs> most of my – most of my clients are on LinkedIn, so I'm on LinkedIn every single day. That's just because yeah. that, that's where we get a lot of our clients is LinkedIn. So um, that LinkedIn, you can probably get, get to me fastest, um, but I am on Facebook as well as Instagram.
1: Cool. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you. And um, I'm looking forward to really great things from you in the future. Like I really enjoyed oh, our conversation, Jondell. And I was oh, you're really awesome. Blessed. Thank you.
0: Thank you so thank much you. for
1: having me. I I had a blast. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh yes, it was. Bye. Thank you. I really appreciate it.